as kul dunya kalil that say that the entire stuff of this world is kalil is just small. And for the believers who give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a small amount of zikr, for that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ That in those who remember Allah ta'ala kathir, and the female remembers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who remember Him abundantly. So in other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the lover, and the mu'min is the beloved, and it's the principle of muhabbat that the lover views whatever they give the beloved as small and insignificant. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the dunya kalil. And it's the principle of love that the lover views anything that their beloved gives them back as tremendous and great no matter how small it might be. The zikr that a believer does of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is small, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala viewed it, at, viewed it as great. Shaykh Janain Baghdadi said that the love means that Muhammad means that the characteristics of the beloved are transferred into the lover. And this is what the Prophet said. This is the best example of this that we can see is in the time of the Sahaba Kiram radiallahu ta'ala that they loved the Prophet so perfectly, so completely that their beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam's characteristics were transferred into them such that sometimes even when people would visit Medina Manara to see the Prophet they could not distinguish between the Sahaba and the Prophet and they would have to ask that which one of you from amongst you is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so when the lover becomes so much in love with the beloved that the beloved's characteristics transfer in, transfer into the lover so that they become indistinguishable. Ulama Siri Sakti Ramatullah said that Muhammad means that the lover says that I am yours and you are mine. And the beloved reciprocates and says I am yours and you are mine. And this is exactly what the Prophet said in Hadith about the love for Allah subhanahu wa that that person who becomes Allah, Allah subhanahu wa becomes theirs. Allah subhanahu said that Muhammad means that a person would be willing to sacrifice everything for the beloved. Allah subhanahu said that Muhammad means to draw closer and closer to the beloved with love irrespective of whether the beloved is attentive to the lover or not. As if Allah subhanahu is sending his blessings on us or not, it doesn't affect the power or passion of our love in any way. Allah Shibli Ramtalai said in another statement of his that Muhammad means to love everything that the beloved likes and to dislike everything the beloved dislikes, even if a person dislikes it. And that is the real wonderful way to understand love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that if we truly love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger we will love everything that they love and like everything they like and dislike everything that they dislike and our own Shaykh Hazrat Shaykh Sufiqar Ahmad Barakatuh said that love is a fire that does not fade, does not cool even when the object of that love is attained so as the lover, the object of the love of the lover is to become the beloved of their beloved. The goal and object and purpose and maqsad and murad of every lover is to become the beloved of their beloved. But once they become that beloved, their fire of love does not cool in any way. And then in the Arabic language, there's another word for love which is called ishq. 
And the word, although the word muhabbat has come in the Quran in several different forms in several different places, the word ishq or any one of its derivatives is not found in the Quran al-Karim, although it is found in hadith. In the Arabic language, in a very famous dictionary, Lisan al-Arab, ishq is mentioned as being the superlative form of muhabbat, means extreme and excessive muhabbat, that ishq is the greatest form of muhabbat. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran has mentioned ishq, if not by name, but by definition, when he said, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّهُمْ That indeed those who are believers are extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what it means here is that ishq is that love, that excessive love, that highest form of love, which is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ishq can only be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once a person has that ishq ilahi and ishq rasul, when they have that intense type of love for Allah and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then they can have muhammad, another type of love, which is lower than ishq, for ghairullah due to the nisbat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet. It means that when we extinguish all of our loves, and we only give the highest level of love, ishq, for Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet then we can, after that, love other people in creation, that which is permissible by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, or that love that we do in His name and for His sake. So many times we have spoken on this program about love for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, but we wanted to do tonight was speak about love for the Prophet Sallallahu And there are several reasons why a person might love the Prophet Sallallahu the first reason is to love Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam is simply because Allah subhanahu wa loves him. Because he is the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him, we love him. That is actually the greatest reason to love Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has filmed the Qur'an al-Kareem with the tazkirah, with the mention of his love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi the first sign of this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an al whenever He addresses, not necessarily mentions, but whenever He addresses the Prophet sallallahu He never addresses him by name, but always by a khitab such as muzammil, mudathir, etc. Whereas other Prophets have been sometimes addressed by name, such as Adam al-Islam, Nuh al-Islam, etc. Alama Sakhawi in his tafsir has mentioned that there are one or two places which may be an exception to this, but this was done for a particular special reason. And then Allah subhanahu wa said in the Quran that we believers should also not address the Prophet in an informal way. Allah subhanahu wa said in the Quran, لا تجعلوا دعاء الرسول بينكم كدعاء بعضكم بعضا That you should not make the calling of the Prophet when he is amongst you as in the same way that you call one another. And it means that the Sahaba were taught that we should always call the Prophet with a title of veneration and respect. That is why we say Sayyidina Rasulullah Sayyidina Nabiullah etc. Then Allah subhanahu in the Quran has honored the Prophet and shown his love for him by bestowing upon him some special uh, some special attributes, some special status. Number one is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has joined the name of the Prophet with his own name, Ismi Azim, Ismi Jalal, and the Kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. 
And this, these two names, the names of the, the name of the Prophet ﷺ and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are joined side by side in the kalima, in the, on, as it is inscribed on the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh, can we take uh, an air break and inshallah all of these you can continue with this very, very beautiful program after the air break. So we were mentioning uh, that there are many reasons why a person would love Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the first and most important reason is that we love the Prophet because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala himself loves him that we love the Prophet because he is the beloved of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala has mentioned many different aspects of his love for him in the Quran Al-Kareem and in the Prophet has mentioned it itself in his Sunnah the second reason why a person loves the Prophet is due to the beauty of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because a heart is naturally attracted towards that which is beautiful. A heart naturally loves that which is beautiful. So it's only natural that our heart would love the embodiment of beauty, the epitome of beauty, the Prophet in whom Allah subhanahu wa has put all of his beauty. The Prophet has said in a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Prophet said, that Allah is beautiful and loves everything that is beauty. And this means that Allah, that being who is beauty himself, is beauty incarnate, is the epitome of beauty. We can only imagine how much beauty he would have placed and poured into the most beloved of his creation, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. And this is by the Sahaba Karam, Sayyidina Hassan ibn Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and all of the Mashaykh and have written so much poetry about the Prophet sallallahu beauty. And in fact, it's mentioned in the books that Amma Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that if oh, she once addressed Zulaikha, just in, in hypothetically that, oh Zulaikha, if you had seen Yusuf alayhi salam, you cut your fingers. If you would have seen my beloved messenger, Salsam, you would have cut your heart. And this is something that Allama Qurtubi, a very famous Mufasr of the Quran, wrote that if, uh, if Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not revealed the complete beauty of the Prophet in this earth, because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had done that, then human beings would not be able, human eyes would not have been able to handle the beauty of the Prophet And the Muhaddisin have gathered the different hadith about the beauty of the Prophet Sayyidina Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu once was looking at the moon on a full night, in the night of a full moon, and the moon was shining and radiant. And he looked at the moon and then he looked at the face of the Prophet then he looked at the moon and then he looked at the face of the Prophet and then he said that, Oh my beloved Messenger of indeed, your, are more, your face has more nur and more beauty than even that which the moon has. And Imam Tirmidhi has collected a whole set of hadith, which are known as the Shamayl, in which he has mentioned the beautiful features of the Prophet Now just mentioned briefly in a long hadith by Sayyidina Musa ibn Umair, what some of those features are. The first thing he says is that the Prophet had a beautiful, fair complexion with a slight reddish hue. That the Prophet had slightly wavy hair. 
that was parted in the middle, that the Pulsosum had a full and thick beard that filled his chest, that the Pulsosum's neck was shinier than silver, that the Pulsosum was of medium height, even though it felt like he was very tall when he would walk, that the Pulsosum's eyebrows were not joint, but rather there was a gap between them, that the Pulsosum had long and delicate eyelashes, that the Balsasam had a small gap between his teeth through which the nur would shine forth when he smiled or laughed. And to understand the importance of the Shemail, in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, the Balsasam is narrated to have said that he swore by him in whose hand is the life of Muhammad sallallahu a day would come to you when you would not be able to see me and the glimpse of my face, a single glimpse of my face, would be dearer to one than one's own family and everything one had. The hadith in Muslim. And this means that Nabi Akram knew the importance of the beauty and the importance of his shamayah. So the second reason we love the Prophet is due to his beauty. The third reason why a believer has deep love in their heart for Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam is due to his grandeur, his perfection, his maqam in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned many different things in the Qur'an al-Kareem. The first is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Qur'an, وَكَانَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ أَذِيمًا That indeed the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you is azim, is tremendous. And it's very important that we understand this concept carefully because there are some people who have made a mistake in our ummah that either they elevate the status of the Prophet up to the level of divinity, which is also a mistake, or sometimes to correct that mistake, they lower the status of the Prophet as if he was an ordinary human being. That is also a grave mistake. And when Allah subhanahu wa himself has said in the Quran, that we have exalted and raised your remembrance, that it means that Nabi Akram Sallallahu and the remembrance of his life, the remembrance of his sirat, the remembrance of his akhlaq and his characteristics, and the remembrance of his teachings are something that we would do year-round and something that are azim. And when Allah Subhanahu is al-azim, and when He says that the fuzzle that He sent upon the Prophet is azim, then it's perfectly legitimate to speak of the concept of azmat rasul, or that Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi is of a tremendous uh, maqam, a tremendous grandeur, and a perfection unparalleled in any other aspect of creation. Mm-hmm. And this is why Allah Subhanahu wa says in Quran, in Allahu wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi, that indeed Allah Subhanahu wa and all of the angels, including Jibreel alayhi salam, Israel alayhi salam, Israfil alayhi salam, all of the angels are sending salawat and blessings and peace on Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi salam. And that is why the love for the Prophet leads to the success because that love and following that azim nabi leads to such an azim success, Allah subhanahu wa said in Quran, وَمَا يُتِئِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا That indeed that person who obeys Allah subhanahu wa and Allah's beloved messenger sallallahu has attained the greatest success and azim success. So Allah azim has sent his fazl azim on the Prophet and us, if we follow and love the Prophet we will receive a fawzi azim from that Allah azim by funding that, by following that Nabiya azim, we will get that immense success and facility and happiness 
by following our beloved Nabi Akram Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is the maqam of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we love him because of this exalted maqam that Allah Subhanahu has given him. Another example of that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called him Rahmatul Alameen, very famous ayah of the Quran, Wama Arsalnaka illa Rahmatul Alameen, who is saying this Rabbul Alameen, who is saying this Ar Rahim, who is saying this Arhamar Rahimeen, he is saying that the Prophet's maqam is that he has a rahmat to mercy unto all of the worlds. And that is why we say Nabi Akrim Sasam is Nabil Kul. That he is Imam al-Anbiya wal-Mursaleen, Sayyid al-Awwaleen wal-Akhireen. He is the prophet of each and every aspect of creation to be found in each and every single one of the worlds that have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then another important aspect of his maqam is that he will do shifa'a to the believers. He will be given this maqam of shifa'a, of intercession to the believers. Another great aspect of his maqam is that he is khatam al-Nabiyyin. He is the absolute last and final prophet and messenger in each and every single sense of the term. And he is the imam of each and every single prophet and messenger in each and every sense of the term. He is the prophet of every single prophet in each and every sense of the term. In fact, all of creation was made for this to manifest the nur of his nabuat, and that is why in the Quran the pre-eternal kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the whole purpose of creation of humanity is so that they could realize the sunnah, follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another very important aspect of his maqam is the Isra and Miraj where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Makkah Mukarramah to Baytul Muqaddas and then from Baytul Muqaddas all the way to the Kursi, then the Arsh, and then past the Arsh, where no other member of creation had ever gone. And in that, Allah subhanahu wa mentions about that in Quran, Wa awha ila abdihi ma awha, and that we revealed to our servant whatever it was that we revealed to him. That is understood generally to be something other than the Quran al because the Quran al is a wahi that is known to everyone. That is part is recited by the Prophet Here there was some special bestowal by Allah subhanahu wa on the Prophet Even the name, the Prophet said in this, Ana Habibullah. That I'm the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa Musa alayhi is Kalimullah. Ibrahim alayhi is Khalilullah. Isa alayhi is Ruhullah. But only Nabi Akrim sallallahu was Habibullah. And another aspect of his creation, Allah says in Quran, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ Again, Allah Azim is saying that indeed you, my beloved Messenger Wasallam, are on a khulukun azim, are on the greatest, the most utmost, the most exalted of characters. That his akhlaq, uh, his noble and virtuous character and attributes are an incredible aspect of his maqam. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa said another ayah of the Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا That indeed would not send you except that you are kafa, that you are sufficient لِلنَّاسِ for all of humanity. بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا as a bringer of glad tidings for those who would love you and follow your sunnah and وَنَذِيرًا and as a warning for those who would leave the path of love for you and leave the path of following your sunnah. 
And in fact, the Prophet has said in another hadith, in a hadith narrated by both Bukhari and Muslim, Innama ana kasimun wallahu yu'ti, that indeed I am the distributor and Allah bestows. And the notion in this hadith is that Allah is the bestower of all good, but He has given the Prophet this maqam, that the Prophet is the distributor of all good. Another aspect of the maqam given to the Prophet is hadith in Muslim that says that Nabi Akram will go to the gates of Jannah and will knock on them and the keeper will say that who are you? And the Prophet will respond with his name and the keeper of those gates will say that I have been given orders for millennia to wait for you and to not open the gates for anyone first open the gates for anyone other than you. And this is the maqam of Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But perhaps one of the greatest aspects of his maqam is that aspect of his that is relative to this ummah. Notwithstanding that he is rahmatul alameen, for us we are going to be in love with him because he is rahmatul mu'mineen, that he's been an incredible mercy for us. And that is what Allah Sponsor says in Quran that he sent a great he did a great favor on us, Lakad Manallahu Alamu'minin, that verily indeed Allah Spata sent his special favor, special grace, Ihsan on the believers, is Ba'athafihim Rasulam min Anfusihim, that when he sent to them a Nabi from their own self. And the greatest thing about this is in another very famous ayah of the Quran, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Qul in kuntum tuhibun Allah, that O oh my beloved Messenger, saw some tell the people that if they claim that they love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, fattabiuni that they should do ittiba of the Sunnah, yuhbibkum Allah then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will love them, and that is the real greatest thing about the Prophet that by following his Sunnah, by being his ummati. We have the means to become the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the means to become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is perhaps his greatest aspect of his maqam, and that is the greatest sign of his maqam, that just becoming like him, just modeling ourselves after him, makes us the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are raised when we send salawat upon him in a hadith reported by Nisai, the Prophet said that whenever a believer sends salawat on me once, durood on me once, Allah Ta'ala sends ten salawat on that believer. Allah Ta'ala forgives ten sins of that believer. And Allah Ta'ala bestows ten darajat on that believer. And in a hadith in Tirmidhi, the Prophet said that the one nearest to me on the Day of Judgment will be the one who recited the most salawat upon me. So the qurb that we will have with the Prophet Another aspect that the Muhaddisin have mentioned about the maqam of the Prophet is that in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet said that the Prophets are alive in their graves. Now this level of life is not like the life that me and you have that we're eating and drinking and such things, but the Anbiya are alive in a different sense in their graves. And in Hadith in Ibn Majah, the Prophet mentioned that Allah Subhanahu has forbidden the soil and the earth uh, of the ground to spoil in any way even the bodies of the Prophet Ajma'in. Now what the ulama of Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'at have written is that even that 
piece of soil and earth that is in the rosa and the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu in Medina Manawra, even that earth and soil is greater than the arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the reason they wrote that is because ittisal leads to nisbat. Ittisal means that when something is joined to something else, that leads to a nisbat. And when you have a nisbat, then the nisbat of the higher thing is transferred to the lower thing. Simple example I can use to illustrate this concept is that when you not we're not allowed to touch the Quran al-Karim without kudu. Now, when you look at the Quran al-Karim, there's a binding which we call the cover. That hardback cover binding itself is not Quran. Itself, it does not have Quran written on it. But because it is muttasil to the Qur'an, because it is inseparably attached to the Qur'an, therefore the nisbat of the Qur'an is transferred to it, it has nisbat with the Qur'an, and it will have the same hukum applied to it. So just like it is not permissible to touch Qur'an without wudu, equally so it is not permissible to touch the hardcover binding attached to that Qur'an without wudu. Just like that, that soil that is attached to Nabi Akrim that is touching his noble and preserved and intact and alive body in the grave, that soil has is ittisal with the Prophet and therefore the nisbat is transferred to that soil, and that because the Prophet is the greatest of all creation, greater than the arsh which is also created, greater than the kursi that is also created, then therefore that nisbat of greatness is transferred even to the soil. Allah Akbar. And when a person reads these things and listens to these things, we're really amazed at how well our mufassireen and muhaddisin of this ummah <coughs> understood the maqam of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu And really, that's why it's completely understandable and we can easily fathom how people who understood really truly understand the maqam of the Prophet ﷺ, then they fall deeply in love with him. And then they follow his sunnah. And they follow his sunnah, like we mentioned earlier, to such a common extent that they become indistinguishable. Some ulama have written that when a person follows the sunnah so deeply, Allah bestows upon that person not just the sunnah, but also what we call the adai, also the habits and mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ, such that they smile the way he smiles, they walk the way he walks, they talk the way he talks. Even that is a fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he can bestow upon any member of this ummah who has true love and true following for the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So there were three reasons that we did so far. Why a person would want to love, would, would fall in love with the Prophet ﷺ. Number one was that because Nabi Akrim ﷺ is himself the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, because Nabi Akrim ﷺ is the epitome of the beauty of creation. All of the beauty of creation can be found in the Prophet ﷺ. And it's only natural for a human heart to fall in love with that which is beautiful. And the third reason was the maqam and the azmat of Sayyidina Rasulullah And the fourth reason is the favors of the Prophet on us. And one is really amazed when we look at all the definitions of love that we covered at the start of the talk, we will find that all of those definitions apply to the Prophet in terms of his love for this ummah. He truly had muhammad for his ummah if only we as members of his ummah could have true muhammad for him. He was our truest lover if only we could make him our truest beloved. And 
every Muslim should feel like that, really from the bottom of their heart, that nobody has ever loved me as much as Nabi Kareem loved me. Even the people who see me, even my parents, my spouse, my children who see me and know me and love me, even they do not love me as much as Nabi Kareem loved his ummah and therefore as much as Nabi Kareem loved me. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala explained this beautifully in the eye of the Quran Al-Kareem, which is been understood by the Mufassirin as something that is not just for Sahaba, but is for every member of this Ummah. لَكَجَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ That indeed has come to you a Prophet ﷺ from amongst your own kind. Azizun عَلَيْهِ مَا anittum. It weighs heavy upon him the things that you do, the things that, the things that harass you, the things that are making you perish. Harisun alaykum that he is full of concern for you. Haris is from Shirs. He is deeply, intimately, passionately concerned for you. Bil Rahim and that he is tender and kind and merciful with the believers. Allah Akbar again. Allah Spanta who himself is Arauf, who himself is Ar Rahim is describing in the Qur'an al-Kareem how much the Prophet ﷺ loved the believers that Allah subhanahu wa could not express this love of the Prophet ﷺ for the believers in his pre-eternal kalam except then to use words that are his own small husna Ra'uf and Rahim Allah Akbar that is how much Nabi Akreem has loved us and he is tender and kind Ra'uf and he is Rahim, and he is merciful to all of the Mu'mineen, the Ahli Iman, the people of this Ummah, the Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So for this reason, that because our Nabi Akreem, Sallallahu is Rahmatullah Al-Alameen, because he is Ruf Rahim with the Mu'mineen, for thi- because he is Haris with us, if only we could become Haris for him, if he is so intimately, passionately desirous of us, if only we could be as intimately and passionately desirous of Him. If He is so concerned about what happens to us, if only we could be so concerned with His Sunnah, then we would become people who were His true lovers, and then we could become His true beloveds. Another example of His favors upon us is that in a hadith in Surah Nasai, narrated by Sayyidina Abu Dhar al-Ghafari radiallahu ta'ala anu, he says that one night the Prophet ﷺ spent the whole night reciting a particular verse. And that verse is, إِن تُوَذِّبْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ إِبَادُكْ وَإِن تَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ Now this is actually a dua or a statement that is mentioned uh, in the Qur'an al-Kareem that Sayyidina Isa al-Islam will say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the people why did you call Isa Islam my son? And then Isa Islam is going to plead on behalf of those people that, oh Allah, if you punish them, then indeed they are your servants. I.e., it is your complete right to punish them. But if you were to forgive them, indeed you are the Almighty, the All-Wise. Now, Nabi Akhazan, look at his passion for this ummah, that this ayah is revealed in Quran about Isa Islam. But Nabi Yisrael thinks that maybe I can use this statement of Yisrael for my ummah as well. And he spends the whole night, Abu Dhar al narrates, that he spends the whole night reciting this one verse over and over and over again for his ummah. 
Allah Akbar Kabeera. It comes in hadith that Nabi Akram used to stand so long in tahajjud such that his ankles and feet would swell. And then after that tahajjud, what would he make dua for? He would make dua for his ummat. In fact, it comes in a very famous hadith narrated in Sahih Muslim that Nabi Akram was making dua, Allahumma ummati ummati. That's it. No other words of the dua. Allahumma ummati ummati that oh Allah my ummah my ummah and Jibreel was sent down by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why ask why and Nabi Yikri just responded my ummah and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Jibreel that tell my beloved messenger that we will not let him grieve regarding his ummah he will be pleased and many ulama combine this hadith from Sahih Muslim with this eye from the Quran wala sofa yu'tika rabbuka fatarda and then indeed your Rabb, it's referring to Prophet Sallallahu that indeed, beloved Messenger Sallallahu your Rabb will bestow upon you such so much that Fatarda, then you will be pleased. And then the Prophet Sallallahu then his du'as that he will be pleased when his ummah will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And in fact, another day that comes that the Prophet Sallallahu once told Sallallahu that all of the Anbiya get a du'a that is accepted by them. Allah Subhanahu wa gives them one special du'a that will be guaranteed to be accepted. So when they asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what du'a did you make, Ya Rasulullah? He said, no, no, I've saved that du'a from my ummah on the Day of Judgment. Allahu Akbar Kameena. So much love, so much favor, so much fondness that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi had for this ummah. In a hadith in Ibn Majah, it comes in on Yawm al-Arafah, Sayyidina Rasulullah prayed and prayed and prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive his ummah. And then finally, then, then finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replied that we forgive all except hukuk al-ibad. And then in Muzdalifa, that this is for the people who go on hajj or are able to go on hajj, inshallah ta'ala, that we realize the power of Muzdalifa. Then the Bihikrasulullah then start praying in Muzdalifa. And repeated in Muzdalifa this du'a over and over again and made this du'a that, O oh Allah, grant Jannah to your Muslim so that you can forgive the Zalim. In other words, that those people who have oppressed the rights of others give Jannah as in exchange. Instead of taking their haq from the person who oppressed them from within the believers, grant Jannah to that person. In other words, fulfill their haq from your own fazl and karam. And then in Muzdalafa, after Bakufa Muzdalafa, it was told to the Prophet that this du'a also was granted. And then in the hadith continues that the Prophet started laughing. And the Sabakram asked the Prophet and he said that I'm laughing because, I, because shaitan was extremely sad when this du'a of mine was granted. <coughs> so when we love, so these are the four reasons. Why we should love Nabi Akram Sallallahu that the Prophet is the most beloved to Allah Subhanahu that he is the most beautiful, that he has been given the greatest maqam of all of creation, and because of his own favors on us, his own love for us. And this love for the Prophet will just increase us in our deen, because love is a type of sugar. And the Prophet, Allah Subhanahu Wa said in the Quran, La in shakartum la azidannukum, that if you are grateful, then I will bestow upon you more. And if we have shukr for the Prophet then Allah will bestow upon us more ittiba, more itat, more following his sunnah, more obeying him. And how much do we have to do this? Allah Subhanahu Wa made this clear in the Quran, 
Allah says in Quran, "An-Nabiyyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim." That the Prophet is has more of a right on the believers, awla min anfusihim than their own selves. And the exact same meaning the Prophet in the Hadith that has been narrated by collected by Bukhari, that none of you truly believe until he loves you more than his parents, his children, his own selves. That is the level of ishq that we have to have for Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. But that level of ishq brings a wonderful joy with it. And the Prophet said in the Hadith that there's three things that if a person has them, that then they will taste the sweetness of iman in their heart. Number one is that they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger more than all else. That was ishq. Number two, then they love someone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa That is Muhammad, that after the ishq is established, then we have Muhammad in the name and for the sake of Allah and His beloved Messenger. And number three, that they have such an aversion to shirk as they would have an aversion of being placed into the fire. Mm-hmm. This is so the way that we will taste that sweetness of the love for Allah subhanahu wa And the love for the Prophet has another grace for us. And I will sort of conclude my talk with just a couple of last ayat and ahadith for us to see the incredible power that the love for the Prophet can have even for us sinners of this ummah. And this is a hadith that I recited last, uh, I mentioned last week as well on the air if I recall correctly. This is a hadith that is collected by Imam Bukhari, and that is that once a sahaba came to Sayyidina Rasulullah so someone who had been caught drinking, and the Prophet commanded that he should be given the punishment. And the Hadith mentions that this Sahaba had come repeatedly, was caught repeatedly on this offense, so one of the Sahaba present then cursed that Sahaba. The second the Prophet heard this, he said, La tal anuhu, that do not curse him. For wallahi, for I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ma alim tu annahu yuhibbullahu wa rasuluhu That indeed I know that he has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu So this love for the Prophet can be a redeeming feature in our eyes. That even if we fall into sin, and nobody is beyond sin, nobody is beyond the sharia, but this feeling of love for the Prophet if only Nabi Akhim would say this about us in Jannah, or on the Day of Judgment, that for Wallahi, that by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed I know that Annahu yuhibbullah wa rasulu, that indeed this person loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And I will then conclude with one last ayah and one last hadith. In the Quran al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a beautiful ayah shows us the real power of the sunnah, this power of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we follow the sunnah and we obey the Prophet that is how we are true to our love. Imam Ghazali said in his kitab al-Muhamba in Ayyal al-Muddin that al-Muhimbu liman habba muti'un that the highest form of love is that that lover it becomes and obeys their beloved. <coughs> Allah SWT says in the Quran وَمَنْ يُتِئِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُ and that person who follows and obeys Allah, obeys Allah SWT and the Prophet فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَأَلَّذِينَ أَنْأَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ That the people who obey Allah and His Messenger, those people will have the ma'iyat, will have the intimate companionship 
of those people upon whom Allah has sent His blessings. From amongst the prophets, from amongst the truest followers of the prophets, from amongst the true martyrs, and from amongst the virtuous and righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed, noble and virtuous and excellent is it to have such people as one's companions. So it means that through this true love of the Prophet which means to obey him and to follow his sunnah, a person will get the company in companionship in Jannah of all of, of Nabi Akram of all of the Anbiya, of all of the Siddiqeen, of all of the Shuhada, and all of the Salihin. And this was exactly what the Prophet mentioned in this most celebrated ahadith, Al-Mar'u Ma'aman Ahabba, that when the, the Sahaba were worried that Nabi Akram would be in his own darajah in Jannah, then they asked him, then he responded to them, Al-Mar'u Ma'aman Ahabba, that a person will be with that whom they love. And if we love the Prophet we will be with him in Jannah. And that could be another greatest reason why we should love Nabi Akram Wasallam, so that by that by means of that love for the Prophet we may be able to have his ma'iyat, may be able to have his eternal companionship and live in his eternal company for all of the akhirah. May Allah Ta'ala accept all of us and increase all of us in our true, sincere love for the Prophet May he enable us to have pure ishq for the Prophet May he enable us to manifest that ishq by becoming a person who follows each and every aspect of the sunnah wa akhirat ta'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil an you grant us this greatest blessing that you granted us Iman in Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Allah we ask that you adorn that Iman by granting us Kamil Muhammad for the Prophet Sallallahu Grant us the truest perfect most absolute love for the Prophet and Ya Rabbi Kareem enable us to manifest that love by obeying each and every one of his commands Ameen. by following each and every one of his sunnahs Ameen. by patterning ourselves after his usmat hasana after his noble and beautiful example Ameen. Ya Allah we ask that you grant us the surat and the sirat the zahir and the batin the outer and the inner of the Prophet sunnah Ya Allah we ask that you bestow upon us his khuluk azim Ya Allah we are far from his compassion we are far from his humility Ya Allah, we ask that you bestow upon us the sunnah compassion, the sunnah gentleness, the sunnah humility, the sunnah kindness. Ya Allah, we ask that you bestow upon us his kefiyat. We ask that you bestow upon us the sunnah love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sunnah fear for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us love you as he loved you. Let us fear you as he feared you. Let us have tawakkul upon you, trust upon you as he trusted upon you. Ya Allah, you Rabbi Kareem, let us have a love and worry for his ummah as he had a love and worry for this ummah. Let us become Rauf and Rahim with one another Ameen. in his name and for his sake. Ameen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you make us the truest lovers and followers of your most beloved messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And through means of that ittiba and itaat that you accept us as well as amongst your mahbubin. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins of leaving the sunnah. Forgive us for the sins of breaking the sunnah. Ya Allah, you said in the Quran that what we do weighs heavily on the heart of the Prophet Sallallahu Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for our sins. Amen. We do not wish to be a burden for him or a disappointment to him on the day of judgment.
judgment. We do not wish that our actions and our amal should weigh heavily on him on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us to be members of his ummah the way he wanted us to be. And we ask that you accept all the du'as he made for this ummah in the haq of each and every one of us. Ya Allah, ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takabal minna innaka anta samil alim. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawab rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad. وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين